Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. How are you doing today, magnificent podcast family? What a privilege and honor to be with you as always. I hope that wherever you are in the world, that you're having a fantastic day and you are doing well. I am sending you a huge hug and all of my support through the airwaves. We have a tremendous episode of the show for you today. We have the man, my friend, Nathan Kohlerman on the podcast, and we dive deep into so many subjects. He is a health, fitness absolute expert. The man might know more about the body and fitness and function than anyone I have ever met. In this episode, we go really deep though. We talk about health, fitness, and spiritual rehabilitation. Some of the things that we talk about are overcoming abuse as a child, how Nathan served time in the military and got a medical discharge, and that kind of was the start of his pursuit in the body and rehabilitation and spirituality and all of that kind of thing, overcoming severe anxiety. We talk about animal flow, the broken Western system, medical system. Uh, we talk about the power of breath, the most effective exercises that you can do, stress and weight relationship, statistics on habit, why you should invest in yourself, and so much more. This is a really deep episode packed with just really great tools on performance for mind, body, and spirit, the whole gamut. So I know that you're going to enjoy this episode. If you do like it, please take a moment now, take a screenshot, share it on Instagram, tag me at Matt Belair, tag Nathan. Let us know where you're listening, what you liked, and if you have any questions. You can also take a moment to leave a review on iTunes. All reviews are incredibly helpful, and I want to thank Pappy Carmelo for leaving this one and he says amazing five stars you are so grounded and wise I follow you in almost all platforms always positive inspirational and authentic we need more people like you in this world thank you for shining so thank you so much for the kind words and I really appreciate you taking a moment to go through all the rigmarole of leaving a review in iTunes and it does help immensely so I very much appreciate that I also want to acknowledge and thank deeply all of my patrons thank you so so much for your support. It really helps keep this show going. If you go to patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair and even just toss one buck in the bucket, something you won't even think about, it helps immensely and it is deeply appreciated. The best thing that you can do, however, if you want to support the show is one kind act for another human being today. If this show, after listening to this, generates one kind act, then it was successful in his intention, also hopefully helping you live a better life. So please pay it forward by doing one kind act for another human being today. I want to let you guys know that the 21 day challenge is underway and it is amazing. There are so many beautiful souls in there and it is not too late. We are only on day four and I invite any and all of the listeners to come on in at any time. Nathan's in there providing feedback on health, fitness, nutrition. We have uh, Paula Sturm in there helping, Mark Champagne. There's so many people in there helping you achieve your goals in mind, body, and spirit. And we're doing it as a community and it is amazing. So check it out, bit.ly forward slash mind, body, spirit, 21. And also if you follow on Instagram and Facebook, it's all over the place there. So please join the Academy. This is a launch of the mastermind body spirit Academy. And I'm going to be taking your feedback and giving you amazing content each and every month to help you on your own journey of mastery. So I hope to see you there. For those of you guys who prefer one-on-one -on -one coaching and you really and deeply want to uncover your life 
purpose, get unstuck. You want to break through limiting beliefs and old programs and design your preferred life mentally, spiritually, emotionally, your character, your way of life, your vocation and career, and you want to demystify peak performance and have a real solid plan to actually get there, hit me up, matt at zenathlete.com. It would be a privilege and honor to work with you. There are different coaching rates and structures, so it is accessible to pretty much anybody who is willing to do the work and set a goal and commit to achieving it. So if you are ready for something like that and you would like a coach, you can hit me up, matt at zenathlete.com, and it would be a privilege and an honor to work with you. So that wraps it up. Let's come into a state of of peace and coherence before we get into this episode. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing for a moment. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and just let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, enthusiasm, inspiration, and ready to take on this incredible episode with my friend, Nathan Kohlerman. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest is the founder of New Intention Health and Wellness. He is also a partner and serves as the director of education for Earn Your Booze. He is a Lululemon ambassador and has a strong background in health, wellness, fitness, and sports. Recently being attuned as a gateway healing practitioner, he is on a relentless pursuit to redefine human optimization through mind, body, and soul. Welcome to the show, my friend, Nathan Kohlerman. Hey Matt, thank you for having me, man. Yeah, so dude. happy we finally get to get on. Totally, man. Well, we got connected. I think one of the people you were training, uh, they gave you my book, and uh, you reached out, and I looked at all the stuff you're doing, and and I think she said like you guys are kindred spirits, and uh, you know, going through your stuff and what you're doing and your mindset, definitely, I think so. And I've already learned a lot from uh, what you put out there, and I really appreciate that combination of. Uh, physical fitness and wellness and strength, but also always embodying the spirit and why you're moving and why you're doing things. And so I think your philosophy is fantastic and uh, happy to have you on the show. So for the people who don't know who you are, and I think your personal story is also inspirational as well. So maybe you can give a little bit of background on who you are and uh, what it is that you do. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for the warm introduction. And yeah, man, it has been quite a journey. So I'm a personal trainer here in Scottsdale, Arizona. I primarily specialize with the post-rehabilitation phase, either immediately after an injury or just, you know, these really bugging, reoccurring issues that people are having on a day-to-day basis. So I am a self-proclaimed movement specialist, um, specializing mostly in mobility, stability, and unconventional strength, whether that is animal flow, whether that's steel mace training, kettlebell training, looking at different ways to move our body that influence everything we do outside of our, you know, gym routine. You know, what are we going to go out to life to do? And, you know, some of my background that brought me to all of this and bringing in the mindset, bringing in, you know, the spirituality into the equation of human optimization, not just from a physical standpoint, stems far back going through a lot of childhood trauma, going through different aspects of physical, mental, emotional, sexual abuse. And I'm seeing as how that evolved and translated in my life, going through heroin addiction, getting kicked out of four different schools for being addicted to anger, being addicted to pain. And through my addiction, I eventually found myself enlisting in the military, served five and a half years honorably, but ended up being medically discharged as a 100% disabled veteran, where they told me I had about 31 different diagnoses, um, including but not limited to severe anxiety with panic attacks, also known as generalized anxiety disorder, severe depression, insomnia, sleep apnea. Um, but the main reason was for bilateral exertional compartment syndrome, which is essentially a myofascial disorder in the legs in which and it doesn't transport meaningful blow up. It's a little open. And being 24 years old, they wanted to cut me open. I didn't want to do that. 
So they ended up medically discharging me. I got out and I wanted to specialize in corrective exercise to help people heal themselves physically. So throughout aspects and rehabilitation and different insights and different theoretical principles and all these different strategies to optimize the human body through dynamic neuromuscular stabilization, which is a basically a prog method of physiotherapy that looks at how we learn to develop and move as children and retraining the stabilization patterns through that life cycle. And then now looking at that and saying, okay, well, what about our joints and finding out how important mobility is, but then going through bodybuilding and powerlifting and going through another severe injury of my hand, I really wanted to explore what other types of movement is there out, is there that is out there that can really bring my function back to my hand, bring function back to my body, and ultimately make me feel better and sit on the ground and play with my kids. So I dove into movement and being able to go through these movement strategies and really feel the benefits to where now it is a very much felt experience rather than just a routine. So through this practice, especially animal flow specifically, I found out that the way I started expressing my movement was actually how I started expressing my feelings, where I kind of developed this methodology that your tempo reflects your tenacity when you flow. And if you're at a slow tempo, you're a little bit more touchy-feely, you're a little bit more gentle, you're a little bit more in tune with the more deeper, sadder emotions that I might be feeling. Whereas when I go very hard and ballistic, my energy would be high, I'm a little bit more motivated, um, or I might even be kind of irritated. And I would use the energy of these movement systems to express myself and then open the gateway in order for me to understand how I was feeling in that moment. And just from this and in my journey using plant medicine and going through years and years and years of psychotherapy and counseling and everything you name it, I stumbled upon more energy works, Reiki first, and now into gateway healing, which is the spiritual and energetic healing practice that I'm now a practitioner, able to serve those to resolve the deeper underlying traumas and looking at the disconnection from oneself's addiction, disconnection from spirit, going all the way back into the lineage of our trauma, and then being able to then reconnect and attune with our guides and being able to have access to spirit without constantly obsessing to fix ourselves and relinquishing that control and being able to surrender to spirit and to surrender to the healing in which we access that healing through our breath. It, it, it has done profound and powerful things for not only my practice, but for those who I've been able to help as well. So with the combination of physical rehabilitation and what I consider spiritual rehabilitation and now even mental and emotional rehabilitation, looking at how can we optimize ourselves through our mindset, through the stories that, are, that we tell ourselves, how can we restructure and rewrite our narratives to then set an intention, hence my brand name, New Intention, to then train what we are designed to live for in terms of the blueprint that was already set out for us by our spiritual guides. And how can we heal ourselves rather than other people so my mission is to empower others with the tools necessary to redefine human optimization in their eyes and their intention through their mind through their body and through their soul that's amazing man that's quite the, the story there's a lot of avenues we could take this and the first question i have is when you were discharged and they they diagnosed you with 30 different things I'm curious, of those things, how many do you feel that you are past or say, quote unquote, healed? And, and of those numbers, how many of those things would they say, uh, if any, would have either no recovery or, or limited recovery? And what were you able to do? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm ever 100% healed from it, right? But the fact of the matter is, is that I know how to cope with it. And now, instead of having to go through the VA system and their healthcare system and all these other things, I have different routes I can take, right? I now know that I can veer away from the Western methodology of here's a problem, take a pill, 
to, here's a problem, let me do something about it. Let me find what I need in order to make that path work. And, you know, they told me, so they told me that, you know, the, these things would never go away, right? And they would only get worse if I didn't get it done, if I didn't get the surgery done, or if I, if I didn't stop taking the medication. They'd tell me that, you know, I needed this certain pill to overcome. They wanted to tell me that I had intermittent explosive disorder, which is basically just saying I'm stressed out and I flip out. And that to me just didn't make sense. So now like seeing everything that the military told me or what the VA told me, you know, do I think that those are daily struggles I might deal with? Do those impact my life? Yes, they do. But instead of having to go through this broken Western medicine system, now there are other avenues of approach in which I can, I can deal with it myself and I can, I can alleviate those pains and heal myself. Yeah, man, that's an empowering perspective. And it's kind of funny because, you know, you're talking about intermittent explosive syndrome. It's like, it's like the human condition, you know, it's like, do you have frustration, uh, what, geez, what, symptoms? Like, do you get frustrated every day? Oh, we better diagnose you with frustration, like a human thing, right? Let's give you a pill for that. Or, like, you know what I mean? Do you sometimes uh, let, does your mind wander at times? Yes, it does. Here is this pill let us let us help you for that and so i feel like the big important thing that you shared immediately was to take it on yourself to see what you can do and i can also see though people going through life and um they might not have like the skills or expertise and they will be stressed to take their healing it within themselves to do it you know to be like oh my goodness how am i gonna do this because what if i do it wrong so what would you say the first thing to do for someone who is either trying to heal emotionally or physically to take the step to empower themselves in their own healing honestly just being able to sit with it you know and what i've found in my experience in dealing with these pains is once there's pain i focus on the pain and when we focus on our pain we proliferate our pain we actually make it worse right so instead of focusing and obsessing on how to fix it eventually you what you need to do right but for those of you who are sitting with it who are tired of the discomfort for those of you who are done with the pain look for the ways in which they don't tell you about because there are so many things out there natural ways that you can find that will help you heal these things that you're going through and if you're healing if, you, if you're hurting mentally or emotionally physically or spiritually i always recommend people to start with your breath right focus on your breath because a lot of the times whatever you're dealing with mentally whatever you're dealing with emotionally physically or spiritually you'll find that when you focus on your breath there's nothing else that that comes close to the amount of focus it takes because when we focus on our breath, we're calming our nervous system down. We're being able to step back out of our shell of frustration, our shell of stress, our stress shell, right? We're able to step out of that. And then instead of going outside looking in, now we're inside looking out and saying, okay, wow, what is bothering me? You know, where does this stem back from at that first point in time? And now that I've identified that, now that I've created the awareness, you know, this is what I need to do first. So instead of focusing and obsessing on how to fix yourself, there's really nothing wrong with you. It's just the fact that you and your body, your meat sack <laughs> is reacting to something. So being able to sit with that and identify it to create that awareness is going to help you find that right path. So there is no right path, but sitting back and being with your breath, being with yourself allows you that space and that container to identify what it is you may need in that present moment. That's a wonderful answer. My follow-up question is, I think it's very easy and, and not a wrong thing. I think it's almost like a natural thing, but let's just say we have a lot of people have traumatic childhoods. And I, the other day I went to a speaker slam with my friend Adam Roa, and I don't know if it was him or someone else said something like trauma is what connects us all. We all have trauma. And I only know one person 
or two that might not have had like any trauma in their life. It's been pretty hunky dory, but for the thousands and thousands of other people I met, um, there's varying degrees of trauma and some serious traumas. And I feel like when we go through life and we've been wronged, maybe we had a single parent, maybe we were abused as kids, maybe uh, a, a spouse or loved one left us, maybe we were scarred in a different way. Who knows? It seems that everybody has something. How were you able to um, move past the idea of a victim mentality? Because I feel like that's what happens is like, it's almost that experience disempowers us and that experience, right? Whether it's a, a person or a circumstance takes that power away and we kind of feel helpless. So were you, was that a transition for you that, that victim kind of mentality or was there any shift there that really helped you uh, reframe it in a more positive way? Yeah, excellent question. You know, I would say it took me a lot of years to to really get out of that. And it, it wasn't until maybe even the year before last, if not just last year, that I stopped saying, well, you don't understand. And you don't understand. Like, only I know how much this hurts. Only I know how badly this sucks. Like, this is terrible. And, and nobody in the world could possibly imagine what it is more and more i started talking to people more and more i started being vulnerable and finally wow there are a lot of other people who go through what i go through so i'm not alone so it took me a long time to realize like these these things didn't happen to me they happened for me because if those things hadn't happened to me number one i want to be who i am today number two I wouldn't be able to relate or connect to people the way I do now. And number three, there's no way in hell that I can show up and, and serve those who I want to heal and help without going through what I did. So it's like when those three things came together, it was that awe moment where I said, I'm not so I've gone through these things because now my life experience, my maturity and just where I'm at has, has created this advancement and this evolution to where now I can really truly serve those who have gone through what I've gone through. Yeah, I agree with that. That's a really great answer. I, I feel like it can be really challenging at the time when we experience something crappy, but when you're, I've heard before you make your mess, your message, and that's, you know, it's a part of you. It's almost when people talk about the shadow work, and they don't want to go into that. It's not to go into the trauma and stay there and become a victim of it. It's saying, you know what? This did happen. It is a part of me. And from that, I can grow to be this next person. I'm not saying that never happened. I cut it off. It's how do I take that experience and still persevere or grow, you know? And, and uh, there's these great memes I love online. There's a lot of crappy memes. But what I really like is that um, it's like, you know, life doesn't just get easier, you get stronger. And it's got this little kind of wolf pup and he's stabbed in the back. And then when he's a big wolf pup, he's got all these stabs in the back, but he's able to overcome. And I think that uh, is a lot of what life is about. It's that we're able to overcome more obstacles. We're able to stand back up again. And from that, we have a new learning experience, a new perspective. And if your intention is to help people, if you want to serve and, and, and be of uh, service to the community, that vulnerability to share, but also because you've gone through that, like if somebody was needing help from this, you would be much more qualified than I would because you have been through it. Although I've done personal development and spirituality work, I would say, you know what? You probably want to go talk to him just because there's this relatable thing and uh, there's a circumstance and experience that you now have because you were able to actually do it. And I think that's so important. And so if you're able to even not even have to be like, okay, I'm, I'm fully healed and it's never hurting. It's just, it's not, I'm not basing my life and limiting my life because of this past circumstance 100 percent. and you know one thing i love that you said is like when people do the shadow work people think that they're they're just going to sit in it in their trauma and have to re-experience it over and over and over and over again and it's funny that you know coming from the military and coming from the va system the first thing they tell people when they have post-traumatic stress is to avoid their triggers is to completely avoid all the issues, completely avoid everything that may make them feel something because that's, that's the society we live in. Oh, something's bothering you? Suppress yourself. Oh, you need to ask a question? Suppress yourself. You may disturb somebody around you. 
or some you may interact or react in a way that doesn't make other people feel comfortable, right? And I think one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard in terms of shadow work is that we have our white wolves, which are our, our higher self, and we have our black wolves, which are is the shadow, right? It's our shadow self, it's our ego. And then, you know, just one book that kind of like pisses me off is like the ego is the enemy, right? And I think that's what people think shadow work is, is suppress the ego and be your higher self. But there's, to me personally, I don't understand how you can even access your higher self without first understanding and befriending your ego, you know? So it's not the fact that the ego is the enemy or that your shadow is the enemy or that diving into this dark place is a bad thing. Diving into that dark place could be the most beautiful thing. And in, in, in most sensory deprivation situations I've been in where I can't see anything, I see some of the most beautiful colors. I see some of the most beautiful energy wavelengths. I see things that normally I wouldn't if I wasn't paying attention to them. So if we can focus on those things that we don't pay attention to, to the things that just trigger us when we don't expect it, you know, that's where the shadow work is. So instead of looking at those, at those black wolves, like they're out to get us, they, you know, there's nothing that separates that black wolf from the white wolf other than experience. So really befriending those black wolves and understanding what experience made them black, what created that shadow is what allows us to identify and really be more understanding of ourselves, which then therefore creates more love within ourselves to where then the white wolves can rise. Now our higher self can rise. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's well said. And, and I hear this a lot too about the ego being the enemy, things like that. I feel like the ego is so important because it makes you uniquely who you are. The challenge is, is when your ego goes too far, like, oh, you want to identify as this thing. So then you become somebody that you're not. So you can, you can promote the perception and Instagram's a great example of that. It's like people put up their highlight reel, right? You know, I don't put up photos of me getting out of bed looking like crap, which is like most of the day, you know, um, you know, although I could, but like the idea is that like, as we move through life, we're so concerned with that identity and what culture wants us to be. And so then we're, we're probably not honoring ourselves, but the real ego, the real identity of Matt is my preferences. It's my mother effing values. It's my characteristics. It's like my quirks. It's the things that make me uniquely me. I would prefer to get up and go snowboarding than I would to go work in an office as preferably me. And if I always work in an office, I never go snowboarding, then that's going to upset me. I'm not going to be honoring myself. I'm not going to be not honoring who I am. And then on the flip side with the shadow work, I think that you shared a really great analogy and example because, you know, those things, rather than pushing them away, you move through them. You know, you, you move like not all of life is comfortable. Not all of it's happy. Not all of it's joyous. Not all of it is quote unquote good. And so if we're just able to see things as they are and experience them, like for example, if you experience a loss of a loved one, that'd be traumatic. I've never experienced that. So I can't speak through experience other than losing my dog, you know, but what I understand of, of talking to a lot of podcasts and, and different things is like, you got to move through the grief and my friends who have lost parents and, and watching how they went through that process and just kind of, they went in and like, yeah, man, I was sad like so sad, like crying for like two, three weeks, just couldn't even do anything good. They went through it. They were able to process all of that stuff. And that's a part of life. Unfortunately, we have these things that are super challenging. And so if we're able to move through the process and accept the things in us that are limitations, accept what we're not the best at, accept that, you know, it's, it's not all just shiny and perfect. It's uh, that's, that's really what it is. Accepting all of you, the yin, the yang, and you're like, like the center point in between. But with those two wolves, with that awareness, you can choose more often what you prefer, what a higher self choice would be. So you have the thing like earn your booze, right? It's like, you know, if you want to go have a drink with your buddies sometime, no problem. But if only you drink with your buddies and you never take care of your body and something in you is saying that that's not a balance, you can step back through awareness and make more of the choices around taking care of your body, honoring your body in the same way any other choice or direction of your life that may not be working out. 100%. That and you, and you pretty much used earn your booze to ex exactly what we stand for. That is exactly <laughs> why, you know, and, and you get it. And that's the message, right? And I can't agree. I couldn't agree more. Like you, right on the head.
<laughs> nice. Well, I can imagine being in Scottsdale, Arizona, where it's always hot. You've got Canadian snowbirds coming down, you know, just going to sit and drink a mojito. But then that, that week stretches out to two weeks to six months to like four years. It's like, oh, crap, I need some help. And even understanding, you know, the balance of it. And where I'd like to kind of take this now is like you've done a lot of training. And I, I look at your videos and it's so interesting. You got animal flow going on. And I feel like in the world we live in right now, a lot of bros, you know, I could say I was a hockey bro or whatever the case is like we want strength and we want muscles and nothing wrong with that. You want the biggest pecs in the world have at it. Um, but there is this movement towards movement and flexibility and understanding your body and how that works. So what have you learned out there that you could share with the audience as far as like effective training, whether it's like tips or our movement practices or kettlebell or all that because i'm always curious of that type of thing and and also inspiration for people to get started because i feel like a lot of the time you know if i go online and look at the new thing there's so many exercises I'm like, oh my god i don't even know where to start so can you give any suggestions about things that you've learned uh, uh, along your process of looking at so many modalities 100 percent. so you know, I've dug into a lot of training. You know, I, I think I have about nine different certifications now. You know, I've dabbled in corrective exercise. I've dabbled in powerlifting. I've dabbled in, you know, functional movement systems, uh, animal flow, steel mace flow, going into a lot of kettlebell training, a lot of steel mace training. And just overall, you know, I came from bodybuilding. So, and, and that was, that journey ended about two, a little over two and a half years after my hand injury. And, you know, just these systems that I found, they, they are very effective for me. So I primarily use the FRC Kin Stretch model for mobility, which is basically the end range training. So going into your deepest stretch and, and isometrically strengthening whatever function that you're trying to attain in that end range. So we're restoring function and strength of the joint in terms of can we control all of our range, not just the mid range of a bicep curl, but can we control the end range throughout our entire range of motion? And that is a huge aspect to everything that I do because something that I learned from Hunter Cook, who is a Kinstrich instructor, you know, I'm, I'm, I keep quoting him on this is what is the intent of the exercise you're about to do and who is it made for? Because those two things are huge. And those are the two things that I believe people should identify and saying, Hey, Nathan, that, that animal flow video looks super effing cool, but do I meet the prerequisites to do that stuff yet? Right. If the answer is no, then we need to identify, okay, if you want to do animal flow, you need to make sure that you have adequate mobility. We need to make sure that you have adequate stability and we need to make sure that you meet the prerequisites before you jump into a program and possibly hurt yourself. So it's not the fact of, what do you want to do? It's the fact of where are you right now and what can we get you to do to get you there in the, in the most efficient manner of time while creating a safe, effective, and, and enjoyable program. You know, because a lot of people starting out, and this is how I started, right? What do you do? Bodybuilding.com, jump on this person's workout, eight weeks to better arms, six weeks to a six pack, right? And you see all these things, but what, is, what ends up happening is like, oh, wow, I've been doing bench press for six years straight, and now I can't scratch my back. I say that because that was me. <laughs> and that's, quite frankly, not how we're supposed to function as human beings. You know, we should be able to reach over, scratch our back if we need to. You know what I mean? So, like, coming and, and seeing all these different training protocols and everything else that I've done, at least in my experience, I prefer kettlebells steel maces, animal flow, mobility, body weight, and a movement-oriented program, not a body part-oriented program. I structure my workouts by upper push, lower push, upper pull, lower pull, and I look at patterns. I train patterns. I don't train parts, and I think that is an, a very important aspect to look at because the, the term functional is thrown around so loosely, and Dr. Andrew Spina from FRC made this really really cool analogy and saying oh bicep curls aren't functional but did we ask that question because it's that 30 year old woman who just had a baby six weeks ago and she's lifting her baby up and down to her face 52 times a day to kiss the baby she needs those bicep curls right 
I'm getting so, so many look- bicep curls these days, man. I'm throwing like a thousand <laughs> kisses on my little one. <laughs> like maybe that's why my biceps have grown by two inches. I don't know. <laughs> Probably. You know, so it's like, what do you do on an everyday basis? What is going to make you feel good? What's going to make you happy? And what's going to make you, make you sustainable for the long term? You know, so instead of being so short-term oriented, what's going to be more long-term oriented? And I think that no matter what somebody does out there, whatever they want to do, if they want to do CrossFit, go do CrossFit. It makes you happy. If you want to go do yoga, go do yoga. If it makes you happy. You want to do animal flow, cool. You want to be a bodybuilder, cool. But ask yourself, and is this is not ready for this? What prerequisites do I have to meet in order to do this? And if you don't know where to start, always hire a professional. If you don't know shit about plumbing, don't try to be your own plumber. It will not end well. (laughs) There are tons of qualified people out there. I have free discovery calls for people all the time just to help them identify, okay, what is it you want to do and and what's available? You know, because a lot of people don't know what's out there. Because you go and Google search, you know, best fitness program, and I bet you anything, you're going to get so many SEO tie-ins and all this other stuff that people it, it, it gets so washed down and it gets so clustered on the internet and there's so much stuff out there to where people will just see the first thing not many people go past page one and that's it but there is a different way to a different path and you can have so many different paths there's no one right way to do things i tell people all the time when they come and see me okay you're in pain I want you to be more mindful of this pain, but I'm not going to tell you to stop doing everything you're doing. I'm going to tell you to be more mindful of it. And if you do this, you do pose a risk. So let's focus on the prerequisites and set an intention for this. Is that short-term sacrifice worth the long-term result? Yeah, man, you, you shared a lot there. I really like the idea of, well, a few things, but like hiring a coach, I feel is so important personal development, education, taking care of your body, I feel it should always be an investment. And I feel like so many people out there, they don't invest in them themselves. They don't invest in their education. They don't invest in their dreams. They don't invest in their experiences. For me, that's all I've invested in. And maybe I'm lopsided in one way, but I wouldn't trade any of that experience or education or knowledge because it's making me the human I am. It's the greatest investment that I can have is in myself. It's in my mind. It's in my body. It's in my understanding of how to navigate this world it's in my peace of mind now have i spent money on bullcrap probably tons Um, but you you know like you make a good analogy because it's like oh i couldn't get a personal trainer right and like you know i couldn't do that but you don't know anything about working out i barely know that much about working out and uh, i'm always looking up things i'm always when someone's a trainer i have an opportunity i'll go pay for coaching i'll go learn martial arts and i adapt that in my new rate training and if i get stuck i'll then get a a session or two or something because it's so important and when you're trying to uh establish a fitness routine you're trying to figure that out these people know and it also keeps you accountable and it helps you streamline it because so many times you go to the gym people have no idea what the heck they're doing and that's totally fine but invest in yourself invest in your health and even with like mentorship and coaching and things like that you know it can be expensive but i've always had a mentor or a coach or somebody that i pay because number one i'm a human and i frig around i have a podcast on productivity on personal development but as a human i also know that if i'm not kept in check i'm going to kind of start to veer off and if somebody's already done it right? You can help accelerate them. And a lot of the time when I'm doing coaching, it's like, I've already paid so many different people so many times. And so I can provide a structure that from their feedback that they have this structure that they don't have to figure out plus adapt it as they move along and get fantastic results because we've already kind of done it. So I was saying before the show, if I were near you in Arizona, I would be training with you all the time because I know that you've put in that work. That's, that's your field of study. That's your understanding. But also for me, I value movement. I value uh, understanding my body. I value progression enough to kind of make that um, investment and to show up there. So you make a lot of uh, great points. And I'm curious your perspective. I really like this thought because it's, it's really come up a lot for me as far as fitness and a lot of people struggling with fitness. And the idea of 
so many people want the quick fix, right? You want to lose weight, so you're going to do a six-week program. You do a 12-week program, you're going to eat salads. It's going to be terrible. You're going to hate it, but you're going to show up at the gym and you're going to get all that in. My thought is do something every day, right? Rather than try to work out three times a week or, or two times, like even if it's something minimal, let's say you are way overweight, right? Keep eating Kentucky Fried Chicken if you can't help it, but on top of Kentucky Fried Chicken, walk one kilometer or one mile. Something that you're just going to do, that's going to be your bare minimum. Just show up and do that. And even better, if you can find something that you love, then you're going to show up more often. But I feel like the two times a week, three times a week attitude around fitness is just a doomed ideology. Yeah, and, and I agree with you too because, you know, nobody's body is, is the same, right? Sure, there are tons of medical studies that show, okay, well, this organization recommends five times a week, 30 minutes a day. This organization recommends two to four times a week, 30 minutes a day. This organization recommends this. And, and there's a lot of different medical studies out there and a lot of different scientific studies. But what a lot of people see is like, they're doing that based off of what individuals. Was it, were they testing the individual? Again, eating Kentucky Fried Chicken every single day? Or were they testing the average, middle-aged, healthy American individual, right? That's what we have to look at. We have to say, yeah, they may be testing those people, but what about the others, right? And what I would also say is what you said was beautiful. Do one thing a day because there are weeks where I only do strength training maybe twice a week sometimes, but I make sure that on Monday I do breath work. I make sure that on Wednesday I do some walking. I make sure that on Friday I do something else. And sure, it, it benefits me because I'm also working with clients four days a week in person. But what about all those other days? What am I doing for myself? You know, and, it, and just because you're not doing strength training doesn't mean you're not doing a program. Like I just said, I do breath work every Monday and that is part of my program. And, and, and essentially that's health and wellness. You know, if you're doing one thing for your health every single day, essentially you're going to be happier, which is going, going to lead to a, a, a better physiological response in the body. We even look at it in eating, right? This is why the first thing I tell somebody is, why are you on the diet? Was it prescribed by a medical personnel person or was it, was it prescribed by a nutritionist? Why are you doing it? What is the intent behind it? Because if you're just doing it to lose weight, chances are that's going to put your body into a more inflamed state, a more stressed state. And if you're miserable while you're doing it, your emotions tie in directly with the energy that you get from the food, which may not work because we do have to look at the way that our thoughts and the way our emotions influence our energy and influence the response that the food has on our body. So it's, it, it's not a case of, you know, what is recommended here or what is recommended there. It's what is going to work for you. What is going to be the best for you from a, from an, a more intuitive standpoint, but a more intentional standpoint. And what you said was perfect. One thing a day. I 100% I back you, agree 100% on that. Awesome. Well, when you're sharing that, what it made me think about was like stress in the weight relationship. And, you know, if you want to lose weight, lose stress. How can we, you know, before we even get into your, your diet, your exercise program, anything, what are you stressed about? How can we eliminate that stress? And then we're going to add on these other things, but it is really an emotional and psychological and spiritual process before a physical one. And if you want to go physical with it, you know, just, just walking and then increase the walk or just increase the run, use your body in the most basic way. It's, it's worked since the dawn of time, you know, and then if, once you start to feel good and that body's kind of warming up, you're going to be inspired to maybe add something in. You might want to do some martial arts. You might want to, uh, you know, some people like to triathlon, so they get on bikes and do different things. You know, I just saw a rowing, uh, thing on, on, um, YouTube, whereas like an Olympic rower, holy crap, that looks intense. I've heard of, I had an Olympic rower on my podcast and forget his name, but they're like at the max VO the whole time. And you might just like enjoy getting out in the water, but being on the water is a part of that experience being in nature, right? Uh, there's a hilarious quote, forget the show. It's like eastbound and down. And he's like, uh, I'm not trying to be the best at exercising. And so I think there's such an important idea of making it fun you know, and maybe using it for something because it could be a sport as well. And so I'd like to ask before I got to wrap it up, um, what, what have you learned as far as food, you know, just some basic stuff, because it gets crazy, right? This supplement, and then you got to get all these things. And then people tend to focus on that. But what I feel is like, it's not 
as important as people make it out. Like it is important. And if you're going to go maximum pro athlete and you want a specific result, then there are definitely specific foods, different things. But for the average Joe, um, as long as you have the basics down, those can move the needle a little bit, but it's more about your process. It's more about showing up, like show up seven days a week and do that minimum thing and screw up your diet rather than maximize your diet and your little proteins and your protein before and after and whatever that stuff. That's all kind of like shiny stuff, like a fight. You know, you're going to come into a fight with me and you got all these shiny bells on, but I'm just standing there and I practice my technique a lot and I just punch you right in the nose. You know, so it's like you want to get to those <laughs> fundamentals and then add the shiny stuff after. Right. hundred percent. And I 100% agree. If you are an athlete training for an event, you should be on a structured diet. Chances are, if you're an athlete getting ready for an event, you can handle that. Because we also look at statistics of human behavior change. And, you know, from what I've been told and from what I've read, you know, for every one habit you try to change, you have about an 85% success rate. Once you add a second thing at that same exact time, you jump to about 35%. And once you try to change three things or more, you statistically have less than a 5% chance of actually accomplishing all three at the very same time. So the question I ask people is how many behavior changes do you think is associated with getting on a diet? If you're an average individual, there are probably about a dozen. Okay. Are you drinking enough water? Are you getting enough sleep? Let's start focusing on the things that, like you said, the basics, right? We have to master the basics before we bend the rules. We have to master the rules before we break them. That's, that's, that's how I work with animal flow. We have to understand the basics before we start to bending the rules and creating this pretty flow stuff and having our own style, right? And that's the same thing. It took me years and years and years to actually just completely stop caring about diet. Now I listen to my body and I say, what does my body need, right? What does it need right now? And what, what do I know that's good for me? What do I know that's not? Because I've put in the years and years and years of trial and error with bodybuilding and powerlifting and competitive sports and mixed martial arts and everything that I've done and wrestling and football. I know all of the different strategies that are out there. And so many people are like, oh, well, I want to get on this diet. But there's so many avenues of behavior change there. So focus on the basics. Focus on your sleep. Focus on your stress. Focus on your and make sure that you're just eating them enough as it is because 90% of people that I talk to don't even eat enough for their body to burn at a resting rate. But then they want to go into the gym and kick their own ass and exert all this unnecessary energy, not understanding that they're doing more damage than good. Requisites to then perform the movements. And if you don't eat enough, you do not meet the prerequisites to then go and work out. I'm sorry, but that's, that's not it because now you're putting your body into this starvation state where we as cavemen, what did we do? Winter's coming, we're starving, so let's harness and store a bunch of fat because we're stressed, because, we, because our fight or flight is always on. And that's what we do. We don't eat enough. So master the basics. Make sure you're drinking enough water. Your body needs water. Make sure that you're getting enough sleep. Your body needs sleep. Make sure that you're managing your stress. And then Make sure you're eating enough on the nutrition side. And then just make sure that when you do go and work out, you're, you just move your body in the way that it needs to move. You know, Jim Quick said it great on a podcast I listened to this morning, put a story up on my Instagram, that when your body moves, your brain grooves. Hmm. And, and when you start intertwining the body and the mind together, amazing things happen. And when you treat your body nicely, and when you give it, the basics to function off of, then radically and, you know, miraculously, the body starts to do what it's designed to do. And if you can master the basics, a lot of the times you'll start seeing results almost immediately. If you can just master those basics and just focus on one thing at a time, don't try to change your entire lifestyle in a week. We're coming up on new years. Why do you think that over 75% of people, if not more cancel out on their new year's resolution? Because they decide to start a program and guess how many behavior changes are associated with that. And then what happens? They fail, they fail, they fail, they get discouraged and they quit. Right? And we don't want to see that. We don't. So master the basics. <laughs> principles. And you can apply those principles to use whatever tool you want. 
Yeah, man. Fantastic advice. I totally agree. And from, from the basics, everything evolves, you know, like I've done that in boxing and, and understand that, you know, the greatest boxer in the world will work the jab forever. It's an analogy that I understand, but it's so important that a lot of us want to skip the basics, go to the most advanced, but from the basics, everything's built. And then you can come back to the basics because as you go to the advanced maneuvers, some of them might not work for you, right? This is a recommendation x and then you try that recommendation x and it didn't work you come back to the basics and as long as you have solid fundamentals you're able to grow from there from with a strong base so it's fantastic advice my friend it's been fantastic is there anything that you wish that i'd asked or you think that is important to cover as in health wellness mindset optimization any topic you think we should cover before we close it up i mean i think we hit quite a quite a bit of good topics man um you know but i guess i guess the one thing that i would say is you know not not so much that we have to have a complete open discussion but just letting people know that there's so much more available out there than what's promoted and you know just because there you may be experiencing something doesn't mean you have to go down this traditional route you know and based off of whatever it is that you need there is always someone in that field that can help guide you there. And I think the best thing that, we, that we've talked about so far is invest in yourself because healthcare is self-care. Because the, 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 the one year that you invest in a trainer is going to be a hell of a lot cheaper than that medical bill 20 years down the road. Yeah. Yeah, man, I totally agree. I love the idea of investing in yourself. And uh, what was the thing you said before that? I just blanked on it. Look at my notes. Healthcare, self-care. Before that, that we didn't need to dive into it too deep. It was important. What did you say? Mm. I totally blanked on it. I want to add something on there. Uh, I'll have to relook at this and find it. I'll put it in the notes. I'll put it in the notes. Um, I'll put it in the notes after. But man, yeah, this is really good. And I think it's super important because health and wellness is, is a crazy. Oh, yeah, that's what I want to say. Okay. So when you have an issue and, and what you're talking about, million ways to the path home or whatever, no matter what you're facing, if you, I think if you set the intention for healing or whatever it is you need, I need to get in shape. I need to do this honestly ask for it and then look for all the different ways wherever you are and ask spirit, right? That's your intention. And then begin to look for those ways. It's not just one path. There's not just one way of the people that have been on my podcast that I've met personally that have cured themselves of terminal illnesses. And I know multiple people that have and, and done amazing things, amazing recovery. It all started with their connection with themselves and asking spirit, God, the universe source, please show me, please guide me. I need help. Open up your mind, open up your lens, be a little bit more optimistic, look for those solutions and take actions because that's, that's really the important thing. And, and it's not just one way and you're doomed by the doctor's prescription. You know, this is it and you are screwed. So many people have been able to overcome them. It doesn't mean that you're going to overcome it or it's going to be easy. It means that if you give yourself that opportunity, you have a much greater probability to do so. 100%. And yeah, that's exactly what we're going to dive in on um, because that is essentially everybody wants to talk about manifestation, but it's like, oh, I can just think about it. Right. And, and it'll just magically pop up. No. Right. You have to ask spirit, great spirit, creator of all energy, God, whatever you want to put that in that placeholder. Right. Allow it to come to you. Be open to receive because you cannot give without receiving. It, it, it's a two way exchange relationship you know and once you give that intention to spirit spirit will then deliver for you to receive and i think what you said was great because that really allows us to again find that connection to spirit find our connection to self and now instead of all of our results dictating who we are as our identity now we're running from we're actually running from that engine of our identity to then create that insurmountable result which then results in our happiness, which, in, in, which, which results into our health, our wellness, our longevity, our sustainability, our spirituality. And all of these things blend together nicely into this very tight cocoon of, of, of self. You know, and, and if we can really focus on what is it that I want, how do I get it, spirit bring it to me. 
because if you sit there and you obsess over how do I get it? How do I get it? How do I get it? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Now you have analysis paralysis. Now you're just running around in circles on the hamster wheel instead of asking spirit to bring it in. And then your guides will guide you there. Absolutely, man. I totally agree. And because you've touched on guides, I'm just going to add this thing. I interviewed David Lombear a lot and he's a Native American Mi'kmaq. And he says, you have two spirit guides, a positive and a negative, but not to be mistaken with good or, good or bad because your body is the ground in the simulation. I was like, what? And so, because, and then he's done, I've done teachings with him that are just all about electricity. And, and I understand more about electrical engineering than I should. I would need to, but um, uh, it's a very fascinating thing. But he said, when you want to communicate with your guides, you need to either write it down or ask, and they're here to help and, and guide you. And the other thing is that pain and that resistance, it's a way to redirect the current, right? When you take your hand and you put it on a stove, you burn your hand, you take it off, right? It's the worse the pain, the more you're getting redirected. So I wanted to add that. I thought you would like it because you've referenced it a few times. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm very, very in tune with my guides. I, anytime I find myself in a block, I, I say, spirit guides, like lead me where I need to go. And every night before bed, I say, great spirit, bring in anything that needs to be healed. And the next day, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a better version of myself just from that. Just being able to surrender and say, heal me. You know, and I think, I think that's something that we don't give to ourselves much. We don't give ourselves permission to surrender. And sometimes if we give ourselves that permission to surrender, things magically start happening. You, you hear it all the time. Oh, well, my business was failing and then I stopped caring about it. And then things just started happening. Yeah, because that's surrender. Surrender is the most powerful tool I've actually learned in all of my healing. Hmm. Beautifully stated. I agree. And it's a hard one too, full surrender. And I feel like the common denominator is, is giving yourself and your intention to something greater, whatever you perceive that to be. Because I know religious people who've done it and, uh, and had deep discussions with them. And they're like, you know, God gave me everything. And I'm like, you know what? I don't agree with your like version of that religion. Like totally. I believe there's good parts of it. But the fact that you're playing with this part and saying God in complete faith, and they had amazing things happen to the grace of God. And that's how that happens. It's that spirit. And I, again, I'm not so much for the story, but they're connecting directly to the, to the source of it and, and having these miracles. And so it doesn't matter what your story is. Um, but the problem is the people now that aren't religious, uh, they're not connecting to the source, right? Because they maybe don't agree with the story. So they're not connecting with the source. So in whatever own way you can surrender to that source and say, you know, please show me, um, you know, how it can be used, you know, guide me in what do I need to know? What do I need to do? And then take action. I feel like we can have some pretty tremendous results. 100%. And, and just to kind of segue off of that, that was beautifully stated, you know, from my, from my learnings and, and from what I teach with, with gateway healing is that we are just the extensions of source. We are the hands and legs of source to where we are here all connected as one. Right. And my sister actually said something beautiful that something that you just stated too was, you know, the people who were in religious beliefs, you know, stepped out of the religious beliefs and now they have a complete disconnection with the source. But, you know, from the more, you know, quote unquote spiritual side of things where, you know, we don't define or label or identify ourselves with a certain story is that, you know, we still make an appointment with spirit. You know, that's why so many, you know, religious organizations and people who are indulged into religion are happy because it's not, it's not about the story. It's about making that appointment and that dedication to spirit, to source. And that is bringing the fulfillment and the connection to spirit and, and, and the connection to self. So that was beautiful. Amazing, man. That's a, yeah, that, again, beautifully stated. I can't find other words, so I'm going to use those. <laughs> My friend, it's been a pleasure. I look forward to your continued evolution and offerings. I know that you're working really hard and you're doing a lot of great work. I look forward to training with you one day. We'll see how flexible I am. I got to, I, I try to do it more. I got to, I got to get my crap together, get prepared for snowboard season. <laughs> um, but I appreciate you. Is there anything else that you'd like to share and where can people find more about you and your work? Yeah, I just want to say thank you so much for having me. Um, I think that'll be enough to share for one day. 
um, you know, we'll definitely have to jump on a call here pretty soon, chat a little bit more so and get you moving a little bit better. Snowboard season's coming. I would actually love to see if we can get a snowboarding uh, trip organized with me and you. That would be dope. So we can definitely talk about this offline. Um, but people yes. can find me on Facebook. I have uh, the New Intention Health and Wellness Facebook page as well as my Facebook page. And then I also have my Instagram at Nathan Kohlerman and then also the New Intention Instagram at New Intention. Right on, man. Well, I appreciate you and your work and everything you're putting in the world. Um, so thanks for coming on the show, buddy. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you, man. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. See everybody. Thanks for watching. Peace. Later. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the absolutely phenomenal Nathan Kohlerman. I hope that you enjoyed that episode. I hope that you learned a lot. Nathan really is a truly incredible person when it comes to the mind-body-spirit connection, an absolute master. I invite you to check out his work. Give him a follow if you are anywhere near his neighborhood in Scottsdale, Arizona. Check out his training and I think he's got a wellness center there and he's just building some really incredible things for 2020. So he's certainly somebody you're going to want to watch and follow because he's on to big things. He's a very humble person and he's also striving for more knowledge each and every day and he also already knows an immense amount. So a really amazing guy. If you have any questions, reach out to him on Instagram. I fully support his work and who he is so um yeah check out his work and give him give him some support by sharing this episode tag us on instagram let us know what you thought if you have any questions and we would love to see you in the 21 day challenge going on now you can start at any time it is the opening of the mind body spirit academy and newer members if you're hearing this later are still going to have access to those training videos inside the academy and so much more so we would love to see you in there um and yeah, if you guys are looking for more one-on-one -on -one coaching or anything like that, just make an inquiry, matt at zenathlete.com, and we'll happily help you out. So thank you so much for your time and attention. I very much appreciate you. I hope that you're having an amazing day. And let's end this by coming to a state of peace and coherence. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through that nose. Hold your breath. And let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, enthusiasm, inspiration, and ready to take on the rest of the day. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.